Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. And God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding. His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life. It's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious. Think well. Advance good. This is Q. Hi, I'm Paul Perot from Faith Radio, and welcome to this very special Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. As hopefully you've already heard, the 2022 Culture Summit is fast approaching April 28th and 29th in Nashville. Find out about how you can be a part, either live or virtually, at qideas.org slash 2022. Now, recently, Gabe sat down in studio with his wife, Rebecca, and Q's next-gen director, Grant Skelton, to talk about this year's event and who's speaking. So let's quickly get to that conversation on today's Q Ideas. The thing we're talking about today, this Culture Summit, Rebecca, this was 2007. We did our first gathering in the Tabernacle in Atlanta. It was like a concert hall, but an old church. And I just remember God giving us that vision of, of what if we could start to bring Christians together to really consider the great ideas of our moment, of our society, of culture, the current issues, the big questions that we're facing society, and it not just be pastors, but it be leaders in all these different sectors from media Mm -hmm. to entertainment to politics, education, business. And what if we sat in a room together and we really tried to think well about these things and to see it 16 years later, we're doing it in Nashville. I know. Each year, what we've learned is that we talk about the tensions of our day. So Q ideas, Q stood for questions, and it was this Socratic method of instead of just telling you what to think, it's like asking these thought-provoking questions that would really make you lean in and consider all the things you're being bombarded with. And news and media has accelerated. You know, every year we would do this in April, and it was like, oh, there's some highlights. But now it's almost like we can't even keep up (laughs) with the amount of things that have changed in a 12-month period. So we have a lot of presenters. Gabe, talk a little bit about how many talks we have and the broad range of what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, our format has been consistent, really, over these last 16 years, where we try to bring in probably over 40 different presenters, 40 different topics that you're hearing nine-minute talks, 18-minute talks, lots of interviews. The majority are nine-minute talks, so they're pretty short. But it's all meant to stir your thinking about a subject or a topic you might not normally engage, you might not read the whole book on, but you need to know it. If you're a leader and you're not understanding the perspective around these topics, whether it's technology or science or you know whatever it might be going on in the world, you're not prepared to lead. We try to stir conversation and learning in that format, and this year will be no different. And like you said, every year we're looking at the year ahead and saying what must be addressed, and so this year... We're going to be talking about, as you might imagine, technology, the metaverse. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Augmented reality. Where's the future going of this technology space and, and this vision for humans to start to use technology even more in our lives, as well as the pushback on that, which is right. what does it mean to be human? I, I'd see that this year really undergirding several of these conversations on us recovering and recognizing mm-hmm. as Christians, we bring something quite unique into the world mm-hmm. as human beings that is going to be the question of the decade. What does it mean to be human? And we can uniquely answer that. Right. And I think it's that antithesis of technology saying that there is endless power 
while our bodies, as we know, if anybody's looking at any data or statistics of mental health or how people are breaking down, our bodies are actually telling us the opposite. And scripture bears this out, like that the spirit renews you, but your body is growing weary by the day, right? Like we, we don't have this infinite amount of superpower that the devices are telling us that we do. And so we're like kind of met with this conflict of frailty and yet still going, what is Christ in us? What is the hope and the, and the strength that he gives us? And also how to resist some of the things that would lie to us and try to deceive us and say, oh, you can just add this to your life, add this to your life, more, faster, better. Progress is, you know, sometimes to the end, all of a sudden, the end of just you being human. So I'm yeah. glad that we're talking about this. Grant, I know from your perspective, when you came to your first Q conference, um, now called the Culture Summit, you you engaged it. You had a lot of friends there, a lot of people, you know, from their 20s, young 20s. And I know there was sort of this question of how much do, how much does the next generation even care about these topics? Are they so overwhelmed with content, digital media that just more conversations isn't that helpful or would they be engaged in it? And I know you kind of came away surprised by the response. Yeah, I think, I mean, even myself, if I'm honest, felt like, I felt like the general Christian, especially mature Christian young person, for better or worse, now I'm feeling, I realize maybe worse, kind of decided, I'm just going to let my parents and grandparents try to figure all that out. And I'm just going to love God and uh, love people, which sounded great, sounded perfect until I think culture started impacting every part of our life. And you start seeing that uh, you can't just hope it works out. And it might seem good to just do that. But um, I think part of what I realized is, man, a lot of times I didn't focus on these topics because they're actually things God does care about, but they've been so politicized that I felt like, oh, I don't want to be political. Right. And now I kind of, through y'all's help and seeing Q, and I've seen this with a lot of our leaders where it's it's not a political thing. It's often, it's just, what is God's heart and what's the biblical response right. to to these things? Um, yeah. I And lastly, I mean, they're going to have to navigate culture in ways I don't think Christians in the past had to do, especially those that it used to be where maybe it was culturally normal to be a Christian and have at least moral values where now sometimes uh, it can almost seem like you're hostile or you, you're, if you fall into uh, the view of Christianity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, some of the topics, I'm just going to read the list of some of the topics. You can go to our website, qideas.org slash 2022. Um, this year, we're able to grow a little bit more uh, in our venue. We'll have 800 people in person around round tables. We'll have some rows, but it's going to be an opportunity to meet people in person, experience that, debate the topics that you're hearing. But we're also inviting people all over the world to participate in your own home, with your family, with your church, with the leadership team of, of the organization or company that you lead, and to create space for these important conversations. I think when you do, what you do is you learn a lot about one another where each other's coming from, but you also get a chance to dialogue about topics that are really hard to bring up and we get to kind of be the excuse to bring it up and yeah. it allows everybody to feel freedom to talk about it. Let me just read a few of these. What is augmented reality? Okay. We're going to deal with AR VR this year. We're going to talk about the metaverse, the future of farming, like where's greenhouses going and should churches be behind greenhouses and putting them on their properties because they need to be caring about whether their communities are going to have access to food. We're talking about psychedelics. What Christian event do you go to and talk about psychedelics? <laughs> the, the point is this psychedelics has become 
really a drug of choice, a way for people to try to experience something supernatural. And I'm always interested in the way the world tries to experience some things that right. really are only found through Christ. And so, we, but we want to talk about that conversation because if you're not if you're not familiar with what that is, trust me, your kids are. We're going to talk about the ethics of cybersecurity. We're talking about our public health crisis, like all the trust that was lost these last two years. Yeah. How do we recover that? We're talking about the case against coercion. Now, this is where, Grant, you mentioned like these difficult topics that sound political, right? When you say the word coercion, you know, the, the challenge is so many of the things we have to talk about in the world are political because what that means is people are putting forward policies that they believe are good for human flourishing. And so the Christian has to show up in that and go, is this good for human flourishing or is it not? So we're going to have a conversation around coercion. There's been a lot of discussion around that this last couple of years related to mandates and lockdowns and all the things that we as humans had to endure. Are those good? And how do you value a person's conscience in the midst of those really difficult community decisions? We're going to talk about revival in the next generation, Grant. I know you're going to be talking with some friends and you're bringing some of these leaders together. This has been so fun these last couple of years. Is the church getting introduced to these younger leaders that God's got a special calling on their life and they're approaching their craft really uniquely and boldly? But what are some of the things you're excited about that we'll be talking about this year? There's two things that actually contrast each other quite a bit is I know for many listeners here, if you remember the beginning of 2020, TikTok was this thing that, and social media that young people were talking about that really was known for like, oh, if you just want to go watch people do funny dances. And now it is like taken over to where I'm seeing a lot of people of all generations coming on. And I'm sure I'm just seeing everyone in the next gen, including myself. I'm on that way more than all the other apps. And so just to find stories of hope and encouragement and Christ, even where we have some young leaders like Jimmy Darts, who if you ever just the generosity of this guy, I just saw him on the news actually yesterday and they were just doing a story on him and his radical generosity each day, like uh, receiving money from hundreds, thousands of people to like bless people for their kindness. Um, and Rashawn Copeland just being intentional. Uh, a lot of people uh, there, there's more than just uh, yeah, negative stuff or uh, bad things, but there's God's starting to, Uh, raise up leaders that are representing him well in these spaces we want to show that but uh, you know what's funny is probably the number one person i really want to see is the the amish person who's sharing because that's such a contrast is i want to know what was 2020 and 2021 like for amish people when your life unlike the next generation especially or just us that maybe hinges on technology and is almost some your heart can sometimes be like dominated by it how peaceful was it or maybe how much easier was it for them because they didn't uh, hinge their life on the things that we, we do? Yeah, that's what I'm I'm very excited when we look at themes of the talks that we're going to discuss. I'm very excited about Malcolm Gladwell talking about recovering our humanity or Andy Crouch, the life we're looking for. Or like I was going to agree with you, lessons from the Amish, because I know what Andy is going, where he's going with the life you're looking for. And I think what we are looking for is a counter cultural approach to what we're seeing, a sign of life in the middle of what feels like a culture of death. I mean, yes, I'm not saying that there's not a veneer and there's something shiny attached to it that has a lifespan, but in general, it does feel like when we hang our hat as Christians on the cultural lens, 
it only leads to some level of following what culture is doing or what what it's selling us. And I'm I'm really excited about the conviction and the courage to go, okay, how do we live in the world, be in the world, but not of the world? And so what does life look like? What is that sign of life? I mean, Amish that, you know, they live in the world, but they're definitely not of the world. Right. And they're, they're finding that now that might feel very extreme, but what have they learned and gleaned from that we need to hear? Um, what are the, how, how steep measures do we need to take to get offline so that we don't just completely burn out or become de- how many, how much dopamine hits do we need to get before we finally realize we're depressed? So to me, I'm excited about just pressing in and going, if the thing we were doing for the last decade, even in church, even in Christian bill isn't working fully. We're still struggling maybe in our homes or our marriages or our families or our kids or whatever it is, then what are we missing? And are we willing to pay the price to recover that? Now, you guys probably don't appreciate this, but as the guy who's been curating a lot of these talks over the last many years, one of my greatest hopes has been to have this conversation about the Amish. And, and the reason it's... <laughs> I didn't know that. You guys have no idea He's how hard this is. He's always years ahead of us. But no, you realize like the Amish you can't take pictures of them. The way we do our event doesn't work because there's cameras and there's a stage. And this is, these are all things that truly Amish people reject, resist. We don't want any part of it. So I'm still working on that one. Like I'm in the middle of the conversation with the Amish farmer that I think we're going to find a creative way to do where we don't have to show his face or his name. So he's not getting credit for it, but that allows us to learn these, these lessons. So anyway, that, that one's close. Um, we we don't have that one on the website yet because that's what I'm working on. But it's here on it's here on my list. Um, other ones though that I, Sharon Hottie Miller, she is somebody who's just this great author. She's she's talking about the fallacy of control, which I think yeah. when fear moves in, like control tends to be where we all go. And so we want to always deal with these big topics as well at our events that deal with how we can be healed, how we can be hopeful, how we can make sure we're not just striving in the flesh or trying to solve problems in a a natural way that doesn't recognize what God's really invite us into and in his power. Kirsten Watson's going to be with us. Some of you may know Ben Watson, football player. I mean, been a very active pro-life advocate, but, and Ben's going to come with her. So Ben and Kirsten are going to talk about family. They have seven children, by the way. What does it look like to raise mm-hmm. kids right now? And mm-hmm. Rebecca, I know this is one thing we've been talking a lot about with everything we're doing with Q ideas is how much moms and people in the home are looking for more conversations to, have, to be had with right. their children to be prepared. For, like mm-hmm. Grant said, mm-hmm. these are issues our parents and grandparents used to think about. Well, now our kids are having to think about right. it. And they care. I think our kids actually want to know more than maybe I did at their age yeah. because they have access to everything. We didn't have that when I was their age. I, I would kind of get the news on the radio or, you know, through my parents' filter, but they're getting it regardless and they're coming home and they're trying to make sense of it. And if parents aren't informed on how to discuss it, they're finding someone who will tell them. And it might be a view that has nothing to do with faith. And, and so I do think this is a, a place that resources parents, me especially. I'm in the front row taking notes every time at Q. I feel like this is the place that has helped me kind of come back home and, and think, okay, here's how we need to talk to our teenagers about this or our, our college kids now that are engaging this. Because part of just information helps you feel less fearful about like that you have no agency in decision making. And so we want to equip families but we want to equip 
these kids because they will have these conversations with or without us. So quick commercial on that. If you're listening to this and you're like, I'd love my kids to, to hear this. They obviously have school. They can't participate in this event. The way we're doing the virtual summit um, the last two years, and, and it's perfected, I believe, this year, is your ability to watch this on your device or watch it on demand. So as soon as this event's over, you have access to all these sessions, all these talks, really ongoing forever. You're going to have that access. And so when you purchase a virtual pass, you can watch that, let your kids watch it, create conversations around it, even if it's not real time. This is one of those assets, I believe, that are going to be important for cultural discernment, something we know the Barna research has revealed. The next generation, this is what they're longing for, cultural discernment. Grant, how important is that as you're seeing in your conversation with your friends, just how do I discern how to act on this? We're, we're in a world that's all about causes, all about justice, wanting to do what's right for people. And there's like a few options on how to do that. And it's it's not always easy to know what's the right way. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's huge, uh, the discernment and us speaking into these things, guiding them. Uh, I, I'm not going to quote the exact numbers because I don't remember the exact numbers. I just remember back a couple years ago, seeing a study that said, kind of said that the majority of pastors believe that God's word speaks into almost every current issue of our day. So the majority of pastors know that God's word does speak into it. But the majority of pastors also don't feel confident using the pulpit as a place to speak into that. And it always kind of hit me. And I felt like that's part of why I think the world is winning over the next generation, because the next generation does want to hear and be guided and and definitely be involved in helping shift the direction of our the culture today and and helping heal the the mm-hmm. culture but when they are gospel-less organizations or groups that don't have Christ at the center then um I think we can really help things and do good things but uh there won't be that that eternal impact that can happen and so um having guidance from thoughtful biblical kind winsome leaders has like been huge for even myself especially Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a couple other talks I just want to reference here is Batya Ungar Sargon. She she wrote this wonderful book exposing essentially over the last many years how our news has divided all of us. And I know we kind of all get that now. That's not new information that the news, social media feeds, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, that there's almost like a pursuit to either create an echo chamber or make us really hate people who don't think the way that we do. She exposes not only how that's happening, calls it out very clearly, um, but also gives us hope for like, how do we think well about news sources? And I think that's a huge issue. Everybody's asking that question. Where do you go for information? Who do you trust anymore? For our work at QIDs, that's been important to stay curious, think well, advance good. But you can't think well if you don't even know who's thinking well around you and who can I trust And this is a great crisis. This isn't just a little blip on the radar. This is a crisis for all of us, for humanity to not know who to trust. And so we're going to get into that. I think what's good about that, though, is that the curtain is being pulled back and and things are being exposed. And so even the formula for what news does to brainwash and to polarize, right, that just by understanding that there is an actual strategy behind the scenes to create division and unrest. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, as a participant, as one who receives the news, you go, oh, I now actually see the, the puppeteer behind the curtain, and I'm not going to just buy into the clickbait so that I can yell at somebody online, right? So part of this is like just being aware of that 
helps us even know how to like slow down in our response and go, is there, is there something greater happening right now? And I think just the awakening of that helps us go, well, then still with our friends across the table, with our family members, with our extended family, what's crazy is like, it's making people in close relationships break relationship of friendship, partly because they see differently. And this is what I want to talk about at Q is like, how do we actually create space and hold tension for differing opinions that really come from their perspective of pain, maybe their journey, their their worldview, their story. Their story still has dignity. Their story is worth hearing and holding and, and creating room for that, but not buying the lie that the enemy all wants us to buy, which is like, oh, I'm right and you're wrong. Me versus you. You you don't have a say in this. You're not educated, blah, blah, blah. And it's truly going, how do we have empathy and grace and stay in those relationships? That's the call for the Christian. Yeah, and I, and I think that'll... We're going to see that theme throughout this whole conversation these two days. In a, in a world that sees a lot of despair and doesn't know what to be hopeful for, our goal of these couple of days is to awaken the church and Christians to understand the way life is breaking through. Like you just did that, Rebecca. We're starting to see the truth behind some things. Like the curtain and the veil is being pulled back, and there's a lot of life there. It can look pretty bad, and you can start to look around and go, wow, this world is messed up. Or you go, holy cow, like... That's been happening for generations, and we didn't realize it. And now we're starting to see it, which means truth is coming into the room. And when truth comes in the room, falsehood can't exist anymore. So I, I know it's my first time on the podcast, but I have a question for you, too. You know, we celebrated 15 years last year, and I'm just curious, you guys even talking about, was it Tabernacle in Atlanta was the first mm-hmm. one? Now, 15 years later, we're in a unique time in our nation. Are there ways that uh, you guys are going into this one just a little different, where it's like, hey, we're kind of adapting a bit here spiritually, or want to do this different practically. Um, just, yeah, different ways that um, if you've come for a couple of years to Q Conference or now Culture Summit, like, would you, would they now come in and say, oh, man, this kind of feels a little different, and this looks a little different? Uh, thank you for that question. And I, I do feel like the last couple of years, God's been really clear to me that any environment we're creating has to be both spirit and truth. And for 15 years or however long, we've tried to do our best to present what is true. How do I think well about this? You know, how do I make sure I'm approaching this with the right biblical perspective? Uh, we use our mind a lot. And, and I think the goal these last couple of years is, is said, no, we, we got to equally put the time into making sure we're hearing from God about this. And how do we hear from God? Well, we not only hear it through people presenting truths, and, and obviously that's part of it, but we also do it in declaring what is right, what is true, what is good. We we give time to that, even in our event, just creating more spaces for people to reflect, to worship, to have conversations with one another, to ask one of those questions about what is what does scripture say about this? Even trying to host it in that way to where there's just a, a sense like we're not in control of this. We're not going to get it all figured out. Our reliance is ultimately on God who carries this world. We, we're going to play our role as best we can, but ultimately know that he's the one who, who will be faithful. Those are thoughts. Those are things that go into how I think about these couple of days, uh, because there's no doubt the church is in a new place. I mean, I, I think we had a good friend tell us who's a, been a pastor for many, many years of a, of a church, large, larger, growing type church, who just said COVID made every pastor a rookie. And if if church leaders don't understand that we're kind of starting over right now in 
not not the basics of what it means to be the church, but maybe the things we added on that have been ripped away. And we're going to have to ask a lot bigger questions about discipleship and what does it look like to help a new generation recover, you know, an enthusiasm for our faith and to share with others and to evangelize and to do the work of the church. Like there's new opportunity coming for that. And so I think we approach our time with these different leaders, whether it's from the church, culture, leading their families of going, hey, the church is in a renewal moment. Like there's a new wineskin coming. And how can we contribute to that as best we can? Yeah, I, I see it in a way of, you know, every year at Q, we've always, we talk about what is happening culturally that is around the bend or right kind of staring us out of the face in the face and we don't know how to respond and we will continue to do that. I think for me, it's a, it's more of a posture shift about how I do that. I know for myself in the past, I could look at the things that are coming and be fearful or be, you know, what, how is this going to impact us personally or what is, you know, COVID did that for all of us. Um, but I'm just reminded as you ask that question, Second Corinthians 4, 18, so we don't fix our eyes or we don't look at the things which are seen, but we focus on the things which are unseen for the things which are visible right now or right around the corner are temporal. They're brief and fleeting, but the things which are invisible and everlasting don't perish. And, and so this idea of maybe the posture is going like, yeah, the new emergency, right? You know, the emergency was COVID. Maybe it's We've heard that it might be global warming. Like there's going to always be an emergency that we are going to all have be told by society or by culture that this is the next disaster and everyone must kind of bow to it on some level. And I think God is still going, hey, I want you to stay at this 30,000 foot level view of that I, I'm the maker of heaven and earth, that like I am not wringing my hands in confusion up here, but I will actually equip my people with, with discernment, with wisdom from above, with courage, with unity, so that we just don't have to be shaken, even though there's a lot of hard things that we're hearing. Well, this is Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, and I hope that conversation between Gabe and his wife, Rebecca, along with Grant Skelton, has whet your appetite to be part, either in person or virtually, with your family, your organization, maybe even your entire church. Again, all the info about who's speaking and how you can be a part, you can find that at qideas.org slash 2022. I'm Paul Perot. Thanks for listening to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons for this week. Hope you listen again next time. This show is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.